Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 10, now officially more episodes than Star Wars. Today we're going to compare mine and Ryan's playstyle using Marchesa, Queen of Death Touch, as a foil. Hit our theme song! Hey, Ron, we're back, episode 10. How you doing, man? We are back, and good, and re-recording. Yes, we are. (laughs) We always forget to turn the mics on sometimes. No, you forget to turn my mic on, and that's it. Well, that's I did fire you last week. So you're lucky I turned your mic on at all. Ah, I suppose. No, that's right. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'm a very benevolent dictator here, so we'll we'll let you back on. Yes, if I was fired, I would be out on the river with all of the surfers, well, paddle boarders, and jet skiers. I kind of want to see a jet ski or a boat drive some by somebody on a paddle board and see them get knocked <laughs> off. All we the, do have jet skiers that come by the station lots, actually. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, quite, yeah it's I quite, saw one today, and... Uh, the paddle boarders and the, their dog hipsters, and they have their dogs on their paddle boards, and they're all trendy with their man buns and their uh, short shorts and their shoes with no socks on. And granola bars with I kale in them. them. Ugh. Kale. They yeah. scraped it off the bottom of the river. I got my own food. Scraped it off the bottom of their paddle board. Gross. It's the worst. Mind you, we're kind of hipsters, too, because we plant gardens. Well, yeah, but we just grow potatoes and manly stuff. Yeah. And how Regular potatoes. stuff. We don't grow freaking kale. Oh, I don't even what. I don't, I don't even know, know what kale, kale is. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what kale is. So oh, f uh, kale, f you know hipsters. What? You know what? Um, Saskatoon's getting a Taco Bell. Yes, we I are. I forgot to mention that a couple weeks ago. You know ago. what else we're getting, which is way more exciting. Uh, oh, you don't even know. You haven't heard this yet. What is it? Popeyes chicken. Popeyes. Now, no some people out there. Popeye's chicken, why are these guys so excited about that? Popeye's chicken is the greatest of all the chickens, and they have these sweet mashed potatoes. So good. I don't think I'll ever eat there. You sure will, because we're going to go before and, F and after And to anybody them. saying, oh, my God, they don't have Popeyes, they don't have Taco Bell. Oh, my God, what is Canada back in the 1800s? Shut up. It's a tricky situation we live in. It's a lot less tricky, though, than our brothers out there, out east, at Snow Covered Lands podcast. Oh! There it is. Now, there's yeah. a shout out to our boys there. They're hardcore who, liberals there, probably, yeah, hey, some, because they're all in Ontario. Yeah, they probably recycle their sandals and shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm on to you guys. You have man buns and eat kale, just oh, like yeah. these guys are on the river right now. Most likely. Probably do. Um, Freaking guys. 100% hand-grown, hand-picked, hand-woven cotton shirts that cost you $3,000. Gross. I don't even yeah. want to know anything about their smelly cotton shirts. I heard that. They're they don't have any synthetic day. fibers in them, so they just stink. Exactly. Mind you, synthetic fibers stink lots, yeah, too. You know what else stinks? The guys that commander uh, the snow-covered lands? Yeah. They're neckbeards. Oh, I wonder if they have neckbeards. I'll bet they do have neckbeards. One of their names is Nick. He's the main dude. Yeah, sounds like a neckbeard. Nick? Are you neckbeard Nick? Oh, Nick the the Nickbeard? What does that even mean? Nick the neckbeard? Doesn't matter. That's so awesome. They're going to have to make up bad insults about us. You got long hair. Yeah. And I got red hair. Yeah, and see, they didn't know any of that. Until well, we're giving them firepower because they oh, need some help. Yeah, okay, I guess they probably do need some help. Yep. Anyways, what are Anyways, we actually yeah. talking about? Wait, hold on, upkeep step. Yeah, untap, upkeep, draw. Yeah. Um, James Bryan's deck from last week, roughly based on memory from what you play. Yeah. And considering that Lynn Sivy herself is a tutor, and you run other tutors. Yeah. Um, and all of the cards in your deck, just like Brando's deck, that all search could all be tutors. So it's kind of hard to. It's Lock tricky. down the tutor number for the yep. spicy calculation. Yep. Um, we're giving you a 35.1. Yeah, 
Yeah. Brando's was a 48.2. Yeah. But you run Enlightened Tutor. Yeah, you run a lot better cards than I do. So yeah. still, so, a, still a respectable number, though. Let yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think that, I think, what did I just say it was? Uh, 35 is fine. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's excellent. A lot of that number is based on the fact that there's only 86 lists. Not like Queen Marchesa, who yeah. has 854 lists. Holy crap. I think this is our most popular commander, minus Atraxa. Minus Atraxa. So, but yeah, so this is our most popular commander. We're and gonna we're going to show you that despite having a very popular commander, you can still build it spicy. Oh, yeah. Kind of like when I was talking about um, a couple weeks ago when I mentioned the morph Animar lists that are kind of lurking out there. They're not right. combo Animar lists. They are morph Animar lists because you can cast morphers for free. Right. And you have to kind of just tell people like, hey, this isn't the, this isn't the highly tuned combo list or yeah. this isn't the... Queen Marchesa, like Mardu control list. Yeah, Mar Mardu good stuff. Mardu good stuff list. Um, it's, what do you call it? Marchesa, queen of death touch. Queen of death touch. Yeah, I had two themes. One of them was a sub-theme that was found by Evan, F.U. Evan, if you're listening. Yep, definitely. He went to PAX East. Did he? Yeah. Or West. Whatever, East. it doesn't matter. Whatever, he, yeah. he didn't even tell any of us. What a jerk. Maybe he told you guys and I wasn't there. No, he didn't tell us. And he, if he did, I'm, I was probably... He went with his other magic group that he cheats on us with. Oh, you Kind of jealous. I wanted to go. Why didn't we go? Why didn't you tell me we could have gone? You don't... You just, I just put my hands on my hips. You wouldn't <laughs> go. You don't even want to go to Vegas with I me. I want to go to Vegas. I just can't afford to go to Vegas. Sell some body parts. Sell <laughs> some transformers. Sell something. Sell your corn once it grows. I would do that. Ah, uh, your corn won't grow in the amount of time. It won't grow we, fast yeah, enough. Maybe no. And if it did, I could probably sell it for enough money to make go to Vegas, though. Maybe. Yeah, no, I got lots of stuff going on in August already. It's my yeah. birthday, going to Guns N' Roses. The new Commander sets are coming out, so I've got to play those. Yeah. Instead of going on vacation, that is. <laughs> Just play tribalcommander.deck. There's no way we can play Tribal Commander against the snow-covered land guys at Gen, Camp, Gen Con. Oh, that would be and so fun. And destroy them. Yeah. Because we're obviously better at magic than you. Sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they are nice, legitimately. They're good Listen guys. to their show because yeah. they're also on the uh, Commander Society Enterprise. Is yes. that what we call it? I think that's what we called it. Yes, I like that. Yeah, they're they're one of our sister programs on this fine website that supports us. Yeah, they're and, our sisters. Uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway, anyways, yeah. So. Listen to them. Like us on uh, no. Follow us on Twitter. Is yep. that how it goes? C CCO, CCO podcast. podcast. Now, before Marchesa. Before Marchesa. We're talking about my style versus your style. Yeah, we kind of are, yeah. And I used to have a Mardu deck that yep. was the opposite end of the spectrum. We talk about the deck that I had that had 12 Wraths in it. Yep. That was the Mardu deck. Yep. It was piloted by Zergo Helm Smasher, another yep. very popular Mardu commander. Zergo Helm Smasher, he has got 890 lists. He's the, he's the third most popular Mardu commander, and Marchesa's the fourth. Uh, she's got like 40 less lists or whatever. I'm actually surprised that Alicia, who smiles at death, is more popular than Kalia. That actually surprises me. Yeah. Well, only like 33 more popular still, in the grand scope of 140,000 decks. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but still, but it's, it's, close, yeah. it's still surprising. She's me. been around since 2011 or 12. When did the first commanders come out? And is very good. Yeah. She's yeah. quite good. Yeah. And just Kaylee is just so, she's so good. And she's so good. Yeah. It just surprises me that she would ever be overtaken by any other deck. Yeah. Tidbit right there. Yeah. 
Anyways, Zergo Helm Smasher, opposite end of the spectrum. It played like 43 or 4 lands. It played 12 Wraths, big control deck, control the board. It, it liked to win with things like... Um, assault? Um, was it Assault Suit? Not, not Assault was... Suit. The Angel one where if you don't take damage for 4 turns, you get a... Uh, you get to make four four angels for two mana. Right. Um, what the heck is that one called? Luminarch Ascension. Luminarch Ascension. It liked to win by clearing the board and winning with Luminarch Ascension, or it liked to win by destroying lands. Um, and it played it played like Dust Bowl and Strip Mine and and Wasteland and stuff. And you could get them back with um, Crucible of Worlds. Right. Super grindy, super controlly. It played things like. Bitter Blossom to generate dudes for zero so right. you could leave up removal spell mana. And it was very powerful, and it was Mardu, and it was at the opposite end of the spectrum to your Queen Marchesa deck, yes, which is, in a nutshell... Everybody has Death Touch. Everybody has Death Touch. That's and all it is. In general, how big are Death Touchers? Not very large. Um, This is essentially a white, black, red weenie deck. Yeah. Yeah. Like in if you're playing regular magic, you have twenty life, your one one for one is your bread and your butter. In this deck, your bread is buttered by your two twos for two, or possibly two twos for three, because there are some really good two twos for three. Yeah. It turns out. And those guys in a vacuum are good, but in commander might not be very good. But once you play them, this this is a deck that I kind of built thinking like, oh, I'm just building it because I want to play things that are kind of thematic and death touchy and all this other stuff, but then once I actually started playing these cards, especially in games where you got like four, sometimes five other people, the deck kind of isn't as good for five, but we'll get into that. I found that all of the creatures and all of the cards really did mean something. We were talking just before we started recording this episode about the first game I played it in. Um, I was playing it against our buddy Jeff, F you Jeff, uh, and his Gitrog monster deck. And his Gitrog monster deck is a graveyard thing and we talked lots about graveyard recursion land dot deck right yeah and uh first like second turn i hit him with a rest in peace. rest in peace so turned his deck right off rest in peace from if you remember from last week is a enchantment that when it hits the battlefield it removes it exiles all graveyards yep and then if something goes to a graveyard from the battlefield you remove or from anywhere you remove it from the game you exile yeah it. so, so j- just know that that turns gitrog monster deck off yeah the, the deck sucks now <laughs> and then I played a white knight, a white knight of all the cards. It's got that, pro black. Pro black, so it's got pro Gitrog monster, and I proceeded to beat Jeff to death with a white knight. Boof! Like, there you go. So it just your crappy little creatures really do come in handy. And if you've got, like, three knights, like a black knight and a blood knight and a white knight, now you have six power of first striking blockers. You're probably going to have protection from at least one or two of your opponents, mm-hmm. and you're going to be getting these kind of scumbag little dudes in there. And then I play an equipment package, which is greedy and kind of douchey, but, again, it gives me protection for my opponents so that my little guys get in there and do extra stuff. Like, swinging for six or eight might not sound impressive, but when you swing for six or eight, draw a card, burn a guy, untap all your land, mill ten, make a guy... Now because you're, you're running swords, because I play all five swords, all five, all five swords. You're you're really doing business now, and it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a really cool deck, and looking at it again, it doesn't sound really powerful or look really powerful, but it has each card is it, it's relevant. It's always relevant. All of your creatures, for the most part, are going to be removal spells, or they're going to be difficult to deal with blockers. Um, 
and that's really cool. It's it's a neat thing, and I kind of built it on a, a theory that we were talking about in an earlier episode. We talked about how the converted mana cost of decks are going down, mm-hmm. and the deck kind of t- ramps out at um, maybe two or three. And I play a lot of efficient removal and efficient creatures. All of them kind of do something else. That's what I was going to bring up. Is yeah. is the I guess an overarching theme of the deck is efficiency. And when you're talking about regular old magic, efficiency is key. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of the best cards ever in magic, you're looking at things like Tarmogoyf. You're looking at things like um, Wild and the Cattle from Zoo. Yeah. 3-3 three, three for 1. Super right? efficient. Um, yeah, you're not going to beat that. Um, Young Pyromancer, for example, as well. Yeah. It gives you tokens when you cast other stuff. Doing stuff that you already want to do and getting additional benefit is extreme... Yeah. Value. Yeah, Blood Artist is another good. one that's kind of like that, that uh, is a little bit more specific to Commander. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for, um, what's the one you, you play and you get an equipment from your library? Put us on the spot. And it's like the most common card ever. People are yelling at their headphones. Yeah, I forget them too. She was in Cobblade. Who cares what she is? Her. She's core. She finds... She finds sword, yeah, or she, she find, finds batter skull. Yeah, in in Cobblade, she would find batter skull, and then guess, you but. put batter skull into play with her ability. Yeah, um, super efficient. Yeah, super efficient card. Yeah, and I, I would play that in this deck, but I don't have one. Uh, yeah, okay, so that answers my question for later on in the show. Why don't you play it? Yeah, because I don't have one, and they're they're a <laughs> the, little the bit outside my budget. Yeah, for the one card, especially since I thought that this deck was going to be just kind of one of those ones that I'd play once in a while. And uh, I've actually played this deck every single game I've played for the last three weeks. Oh, really? Uh, with the exception of that one Lin Sibby game that I played just in preparation for last week's show. You're crushing it. Yeah, I super, I super like this. Stoneforge Mystic. That's her. Dang, that's. And then you say it out loud, and it's like I feel like an idiot. Yeah. Well, we are idiots because we didn't remember Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah, Stoneforge. We suck. Sorry, guys. Yeah. F us. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure the guys at Snow Covered Lands will use that against us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe when they do a World Wake set review, they'll yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, those dumbasses over on CCO Podcast. This is the card they didn't remember." <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're oh. giving them ammunition. Yeah, we are. You're welcome, guys. Ah, yep. Shoot. Yep. Anyways, back to the deck. Back to the deck. Yeah. Um, we both play decks that are a lot different. You're talking about your Zergo Helm Smasher deck and how it was lots grindy and controlly. Yep. This deck is also really grindy and controlly. It's got a really controlly removal package. All your dudes are kind of small, yep. pesty little creatures. They're like wood ticks. Would you have built it any oh, different? Oh, there was a tick in my truck yesterday after I oh, picked up all those bricks. I smashed it. It was on the, da- oh. the dash of my truck. I smashed it with my phone. I hate them. Yeah. Ticks are the worst. Oh, they're so terrible. Yeah. I hate them. I w- like. Why do they even exist? Does any other bug or bird eat ticks? I think. Like, is some, it an important part of the ecosystem? I don't think they're important. I think that there are a couple of birds that eat them, but probably like yeah. mosquitoes. Everybody hates mosquitoes, yeah. right? But lots of things eat mosquitoes. But they're lots important. of stuff you got to have those. That's yeah. Right. Also, how are we going to clone dinosaurs without mosquitoes? Uh, that that yeah. is probably the most important reason that mosquitoes exist. Absolutely, because <laughs> I want to ride a T Rex before I die, and yep. it's going to happen because of mosquitoes. We're getting close too. That's what Jurassic Park tells me. They're cloning sheep and stuff. Yeah, right? they're trying to clone woolly mammoths and stuff. Somebody asked me once, "Why would anybody want to bring woolly mammoths back to life?" I, I, My answer to that question was, "Why the hell wouldn't you want to bring woolly like, mammoths I back to like life?" I feel like anything to do with that is actually a bad idea. Like we all, we've all yeah. seen Jurassic Park. Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah it's a thing. I Robot, all those kind of movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all bad. <laughs> that was a terrible movie. Yeah. If you will, Smith. There's one. Yeah. 
back to the deck. Yes. Um, would you have built it differently? Do I you think you would have? I think so. And a couple things. A couple things I'm thinking. Right off the bat, when I look at the deck and I look at the mana base and I look at the colored requirements to cast mm-hmm. the cards in the deck, it's a three-color deck. You've got it very evenly distributed between the three colors. Yes, I do. Which means that there's an equal color requirement on all three different colors of land. So to accommodate this, you need to either have cards in the deck that um, can provide you any of the colors that you need or any two colors that you need. And it's no coincidence that lots of those cards are expensive. Oh, yeah. And while I do uh, dual lands, shock lands, fetch lands, pain lands, filter lands, filter lands, I got some notes on the actual value of the mana base. Uh, And we'll talk about that when we get a little bit closer to the end of the show. But if one could skew the color requirements of the cards in the deck uh, heavily towards one or two of the colors and splash a third color for, let's say, just removal. Sure. Um, You could build it for a lot smaller of a budget because you wouldn't be stressing the mana base quite as much. Yeah, this I have the greediest mana base in Virtually greedy. any of the decks that and I played. I hate, I hate greedy mana bases. Just it, it's a pet peeve of mine. Even though in our play group, we are very greedy in how we build them because oh, yeah. nobody plays. Um, not very many people play ruination. Not yeah. very many people play price of progress, where it damages you for each non-basic you control. I do play both of those cards. Not in this deck, but I do play both of them. And nobody plays Armageddon because they're super douchey. Well, and that's the thing. That's important. Um, Nobody plays Wraths really in our deck in mass anyways because, Hmm. I mean, that's another thing we talked about last week. I think that we should all play more in our decks because everybody's greedy. We got all these creature decks running around that are usually not as good as they are in our play group. Yeah. And... Uh, a very stressed mana base like this is usually not as good um, when you go outside of your your own isolated group, right? Yeah, We've got t- our own meta that's kind of controlling how we're building decks. Yeah. And I I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not sure I would build this kind of a greedy deck um, for another group. Like, I wouldn't take this one to a commander event and expect to do super well. Mm-hmm. Um, it does really well when people kind of... If you're playing in a group that doesn't play a lot of land disruption, land denial, mm-hmm. you'll do okay. But if you're going to take it somewhere where you worry about, even if you could you know run what? into it. This is, the, this is the kind of deck that might have a double color requirement in a card where if somebody's playing that Rishadan port from last week, or if somebody's yep. got a stone rain and they turn off or get rid of your one land that you need. Yep. They, they pop your the, filter land. All of a sudden you can't do anything because they pop your filter land. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. You can go from being able to cast all of your two, your stuff on turn two to being able to cast none, none of, of your stuff on turn three. Exactly. Like, and and that is a thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think too much about it just because we don't play in a meta we don't, that has that stuff. We don't but. see it very often. But, for example, if we're if we're in kind of the, the crossover territory where my old Mardu deck that controlled the board and denied lands and creatures so heavily but is so slow and designed for a six or seven player game, played your very greedy mana-based deck in very greedy deck that's designed for a three or four player game. Yeah. Let's say we're playing in a four or five player game sure. and 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 we're in the middle there. Your deck is stretching a little bit, mine's stretching a little bit the other way. In a, in that five player game, I'm probably going to win because I have to hit your filter land or I have yep. to hit your bad lands. And then it turns off half your deck. Yes. Right? 
Um, so that's something that I'm cognizant of um, when I build, and I think everybody needs to be. Yeah, and they, you should be, totally. When you're building something competitively, you got to take that more into and, account. And the opposite is true for when you're doing monocolor. Um, play your, what did I say last week? Get your kids, get your utility, utility lands. lands. Yep. Utility lands. Super important when you're playing monocolor because, A, you don't have that really steep color requirement. Even yeah. if you play something like last week, Iona or uh, Avacyn, like white, white, white. In a mono white deck, it's yeah. not a big deal. The land, only thing that you white. have to be cognizant of is if there's wastelands or things that damage you for having non-basics. Yeah. Right? So you just have to be a little bit careful of that. Correct. To Sabo's web. Sabo's web from Invasion. Yeah. Doesn't let non-basics untap. It's a good one. Ooh, I like that one. It's a good card. I like that card. I just thought of that. It's a very good card. Um, so I guess just pay attention to your mana base. Lots yeah. of people with smaller collections don't have the luxury of choosing all of the duels and fetches and utility lands yeah, and they, filters yeah. and stuff. So that's something that I think it's important for us to touch on too is Yeah, I have access to a lot of land that I think it's like to me it's like pff, whatever. Yeah. This is my I'll just grab my lands out of my binder and put them in. Exactly. And it never really occurs to me, wait a minute, these lands probably cost 30 40 bucks well, a piece. Let's let's jump to it right now. Let's when I'm it, looking yeah. at duels, shocks, fetches, filters, those I are, play all of them. You do to the tune of non-foil. Yep. Four hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Bang. That's, I did not realize that. And and that <laughs> doesn't that doesn't count if you're playing um, any of the refuge lands, nomad outpost, which is the tri land for Mardu. Yeah, but then pain, they those pain cost lands, seventy-five cents. Like those um, are some of the pain lands are worth a little bit, I guess. I do play yeah, some pain a few lands, bucks, right? What yeah. I'm saying is, if you're newer player, if you don't have that collection, um, you've got two options. You've got suboptimal let's call them dual lands, like the yeah. Guild Gates, like the Pain Lands, like Nomad Outpost, like um, Terramorphic Expanse and Evolving Wilds right. that put stuff into play tapped. So it's a little bit harder to play an aggro deck that relies on definitely, like without a doubt, dropping creatures on turn one, two, three. Yes. Right? So sp spend the money, build your collection, whatever you have to do to get those lands. Get that or, land base. Or skew the deck construction towards... Yeah. Like white-red, like I said before, and just play white for Path and Swords. Yeah, maybe you can't play the full Mardu strat like I do. Exactly. But I have that kind of greedy mana base where I can do that. And, and that's good deck building because, yeah. like, okay, so we're building on the show f f random time in the future, let's say, and yeah. um, we want to build something for under 100 bucks. Well, how are we going to do it if we can't use duels and fetches and stuff? Yeah. And we you still want to make it three color. We're going to skew it and build it in such a way that yeah. is a lot easier on the mana base. Correct. That's good deck building. Yep. Because we're good deck builders on CCO podcast. Yes, we are. That's why we're building. <laughs> that's why we're building decks on on a podcast. So I guess if anybody wants to talk that or discuss strategies to do that, send them in on Twitter yeah. or shoot us a message. Whatever yeah. we can talk about building a mana base. There's lots of info out there, so I don't want to go. Yeah, into we don't want to get really into it too much. We can talk about the deck more, but. Yeah, talking um, about the deck though, like land base aside, how would you would you change it at all? Do you think? Um, when we're talking about little yeah, dudes, you would probably pilot it differently than mine. Because I know when you were talking about it before, you'd mentioned like, oh, you're just playing kind of weenies. Like, what do you do with the weenies, and what do you do with all this stuff? I like, like if I'm playing little dudes, I like to go infect strategy. Yeah. And a lot of people, lots of people are quick to throw out the bag word and stuff, right? Yeah. Like with infect, because you only have to deal ten damage, right? Um, but realistically, if I can pilot a deck with reasonable success that uses infect creatures, 
because they they're a they're small. B yeah. some of them aren't really that efficient when you're looking at like a two two infect for four. Yeah, that's five. That's not, yeah. not efficient, right? Why there's, would there's I want to do that? Because I only have to deal ten damage. Yeah, there's a three one for four. I guess there's a one one for one, two one for one, or one one. Yeah, for two. there's there's some. There but good the ones. one one for one isn't in Mardu. It's green. Yep. The two two for Sorry, the one one for two also is, is an artifact Mardu. creature, statistically the easiest thing to kill in magic. Yep. Right? Um, and doesn't like he taps to give you a colorless that yeah. you can't even utilize in this deck that we're talking about anyways, because yeah. it's got such a heavy color yeah. requirement. I don't play Solring in this deck, not because I didn't have an extra one, but because there's so many like black, black, white, white, red, red. Yeah. What the hell am I gonna use the Solring for? Everything costs three. I can tap any other land and get that mana yeah. that I need. Yep. So I just was like, ah, I won't even put a Sol Ring in. I'll just put in another, another little crummy guy. And yeah, it'll get my it'll get my Grave Titan faster. It'll get my archetype of finality yeah. faster. Whatever. Like, I build for fun. Yeah. And so I don't worry too I much. I actually about that had a, a Dorks in the deck note. No Sol Ring? Question mark exclamation mark. No, but that is that is why. <laughs> but heavy yeah. color requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Looking the at the note. knights and like the I play both the Crusaders, Phyrexian and Mirren. So let's bring it up here and let's talk about yeah. a couple of the cards in the deck. Creature yeah. deck, 30 creatures again, right? Yeah. So we are looking at, uh, you talked about Knight, Black Knight, yeah. Black, Black, 2-2, two, two, First Strike, Pro White, Blood Knight, Red, Red, First Strike, Protection from White, 2-2, two, two. Uh, and then White Knight uh, is White, White, Protection from Black, First Strike. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Yeah. Is there a Silver Knight? There is a Silver Knight in Magic. It's not in this deck, though. Is it the same theme? Uh, color, color, no, first strike pro. Something? And that's why I'm not playing him. I think he's a one, he's a two one for white one, and he has pro black. And, oh, whatever. Yeah, there was lot there are lots of knights out there like that, but I just played those three because they were the hard to cast, obviously, in this deck, unless you have the greedy mana base. But um they're super fun. And you can use Knight Exemplar to make them indestructible. Yeah, I just I just moused over Knight Exemplar. White, white, one, two, two, first strike, because knights. That's what knights do. Something about knights gives them first strike. Do they have lances? I assume they have lances on they, their horses. They, they're, they're on horses and are stabbing can reach out. farther. Yeah, uh, yeah I assume that, that's how Whatever that, that flavor is. Yeah. Uh, other knight creatures you control have plus one, plus one, and are indestructible. I like yeah. that. That is really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like the indestructible thing there. And you got, okay, look. Yeah. Ooh, I like this guy too. Knight of Dusk. Yep. Uh, black, black, two. Yep. Sorry, black, black, one. And his ability is... Black, black, destroy target creature, blocking Knight of Dusk. Yeah. So you, you would, it's kind of Death Touch, but you got to pay for it. Yeah. It, everything in here is kind of a, if it's not a, if it doesn't have Death Touch, it's probably a Knight. Um, or it does something else that's horrible to, most of the cards in here, like I say, are, they double as removal spells. Or they are easier to get in with than they probably should be. Or yeah. they punish you for blocking. Like Knight of Dusk, you, it punishes you for blocking it. Yeah. Like you can block it with whatever you want, and I'll, I'll tear it. You know what I like? Um, and again, a lot of these are like this one, Mirren Crusader, white, white, one. There's another one that has two colored symbols, right? Yep. Filter land all day. Double strike, pro black, pro green, two, two. Yeah. Cool. Like, like It's tricky to block sometimes. You Phyrexian Crusader. Here's another one. Black, black, first strike, pro red, pro white, infect. Yeah. There's, there's the infect. Th that's guy. my infector guy. That's the infect guy. Um, if I, and, and here's the thing, right? Like when I build a, a deck that has um, weenies in it, let's call them. Sure. Um, I'm looking to go a little bit wide or a little bit tall with my infector. 
And if sure. you can get in and instant speed infect somebody, sorry, if you can get in with a creature and give that creature infect at instant speed, or when they cannot block and you're certain of it, then you can just steal a game, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not going to be stealing too many games with this one. The thing about building that way is you can only do that so many times. Let's call that one time in yeah. a big game or one time in a 1v1 game before too long your opponent is going to realize, oh, he's playing that deck, this is how he's going to win, so they're not going to leave themselves open to it. Yeah. Or they're going to grab a different deck that can combat something like that. Exactly. Right? So Which is that, trickier with the Phyrexian Crusader because he's got protection from some of the more popular colors, especially in our meta. There's lots of green. Or yep. he doesn't have pro green, but he's got like... He's got red and white. Yeah, like we got dudes that can, they all sneak in. Like all the guys that we've read so far have something that makes them hard to remove, hard to block, hard to deal with. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And then I guess the rest of the list, while I do have some questions about some of the other includes, I'm just seeing a lot of death touchers. Like you said, everything has death touch. One of the things, uh, Crypt Breaker, and... Great card. Love the card. But why is it in here? Let's give him a read. He's a 1-1 zombie for black. He is black and one. Tap. Discard a card. Put a 2-2 zombie token onto the battlefield. And you can tap three untapped zombies you control to draw a card and lose a life. I just wanted some efficient card draw. That's He's just there for his card draw ability. I like him. And uh, he and works really well with my Grave Titan. There's not a whole bunch of zombies in the deck, but when yeah. we look at, okay, Crypt Breaker, he's a zombie. You've got a Grave Titan who's a, who gives you zombies. zombies. And then there's a Liliana's Reaver, which is a zombie that gives you more zombies. Yep. I really like that card. He's a really, yeah, I'm, I'm super Four, three surprised. death touch for four, just right off the hop, he's good if yeah. he didn't have any other abilities. Yeah, and everybody at the table had one. Which was really crazy. Like everybody yeah. at the table, when I asked, everybody had one, and two or three of them were foils. It's like nobody plays him. Oh, I no, get it. Well, yeah. he was in a commander product, right? Yeah, he, but he's a, he's a great card. I, um, I'm surprised nobody, you don't see him more often. 4-3 death, death touch zombie for four. Whenever Liliana's Reaver deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, and you put a 2-2 zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Excellent. The efficiency nobody is wants, real. Nobody wants to block them because you got death touch. Yeah. But nobody wants to not block them because then they have to discard a card and you get a two two. Yeah, I get a two two that'll block your swing back. Yeah. Don't attack or, me with that. Well, what are you gonna do? Take it. My my favorite thing to do is block their swing back and then before damage tap with a uh, crypt breaker to draw a card. Yeah. You can do that too. Yeah, and then you end up taking one from crypt breaker's ability instead of taking. Yep whatever from beating yeah. and hit. they're down a card and you're up a card and they've lost four life and they feel like a chump yeah they certainly do because they're getting yeah. beat by this deck yeah exactly <laughs> but uh no it's good i like a couple of the other cards of note that i think are making a bigger and bigger splash in commander as uh, we've said in previous episodes converted mana costs are on a downward trend yep. because decks are getting more efficient and starting to move towards more like how legacy decks look. Yeah, which makes me a little sad. It makes but. me a little bit sad, but the other end of the spectrum is uh, Watsi is printing those huge, splashy, crazy cards now that are so good in Commander, yeah. um, which then makes ramp decks a little bit more prevalent. Yeah. Um, which is trending away from the downward converted mana cost, mm -hmm. right? Like it's kind of, it it's, seems like it's a little bit cyclical. Yeah. Um, we're going down in converted mana costs, so somebody's going to 
they're going to go over the top with a bigger guy. They bring reasons to play those big cards again, which I can appreciate. I like that they're supporting yeah, our format. Yeah, the, the, the card that, that I was it. talking about, um, or the two cards, one of them is Vampire Nighthawk. Just he, he's it, so it seems good. like whatever format he's in, he's good. Like, yeah, is he good in? Is he good in in in, in extended? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe I, I don't know. So. I know nothing about extended except yeah. it makes things expensive. In but modern, yeah. He was good in standard in Zendikar block. Yep. He was in a dual deck yep. where he was good. He's good in commander now. Yeah. Because he's good. He's just super efficient. He he's was like, the I think the best card in Zendikar Limited. Oh, totally. Like, You're 100 percent correct on you that. You think yeah. you think that one was the best, or was the like uh, what was the one uh, destroy target creature that a creature's controller loses two life? Hideous End. Hideous End. Uh, that one was probably one of the best cards. Welkin Turn was one of the best cards in Zendikar Limited because yeah. you could draft like five or six of them, just yeah. beat in five or six Welkin Turns every turn. Yeah. That's so sick. What a great format. That was a good one. Um, what's yeah. the other guy? Um, he's like a mini vampire Nighthawk. Oh, yeah, the Aetherborn, Aetherborn something. What's his name? He's Vampire Nighthawk for one less no flying, but he's the same card. He has Death Touch, he has Lifelink, he's a two... Is it two three or he's two a, two? He's a one two. No, he's two two. He, he's definitely a two two. I don't really play a lot. I think Crypt Breaker is the only one. Oh, one. somebody is yelling at their speakers right now because yeah. I don't know what this card is. Ah, I'm thinking. Gifted Etherborn. There it is. Gifted Etherborn. He's a two three Death Touch lifelink for black black. Yeah. He's Vampire Nighthawk without flying. Flying costs one mana apparently. Turns out one colorless mana will give your guy flying, it turns yep. out, in the current power creep state. Yep. Huh. Damn. Anyways, yeah, he's good. Um, so moving through the deck a little bit more, yep. we have got nine instants, three sorceries, 13 artifacts. We're going to get to those in a sec because yep. lots of them are very powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, 37 land. Now, when you originally built this deck, it had 38. You said it's way too many. You yep. took one out. Is it still too many? No. No. I actually think that with the color requirements for the deck, after playtesting it quite a few times uh, and getting land hosed once, um, doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good. Uh, I think that 37 is the... I might be able to cut one more because stuff doesn't cost a ton, and I mm -hmm. do have a couple of ramp spells or ramp things, um, but I think that this is probably the, the, the thing. 38 was definitely too many. I'm okay. glad I cut. I'm glad I cut the one. And when we're looking at some of the other stats of the deck, ramp spells. There's three of them. What? What are the three of them? Doesn't matter. There's three of them. Yeah, there's three. I ramp went spells. through the list. There's three ramp spells. Is that enough? Um, I found it is. I, I like I said, I've only been land screwed that one time, and it was just I think maybe because I just didn't shuffle properly. Um, but I haven't been color hosed yet. Knock wood. I haven't been land flooded again. Knock wood. Mm -hmm. um, and every card again, like I, I've been saying every time I talk about this deck, is every card has value and is important, and that's awesome. Every love, card provides value. I exactly. I love not drawing which, dead which cards. Which is it's kind of it's kind of like well, of course, every card provides value in every deck because. But, but, like, I mean, why would it be there if it didn't? There but, are sometimes you're going to draw your exploration. You have no cards in hand, no land, or oh yeah, exploration on turn ten. You always say soul ring on turn ten. Yeah, it's terrible, right? Yeah, I mean it's soul ring's a bad example because it's so good that if you draw it, yeah, it's still turns one through nine. It's so much better. Yeah, like yeah, it's still, exploration it's, is a good example though because you want it on turn one. If yeah. you get exploration on turn ten, it's not giving you anything. Yeah, you've drawn it. You're like, oh crap. Exploration is a is an enchantment for one green. It lets you play two lands a turn. 
Yeah. Right. Um, if you draw it on turn one, great. If you draw it on turn ten, not so good. Yeah, not, you probably don't have two lands left. So, Soul Ring is good enough that turns one through nine, it's still very good. Yeah, it's still a powerful to card. make up for it being terrible on turn ten. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a thing. Dorks in the deck. We are looking at Blood Pet now. Yeah. Blood Pet is in there for a specific reason. You yes. got to tell me about that. Yeah, I have a I have a greasy combo that I don't know if I invented it, but I stumbled across it a long time ago, and I've always wanted to play it. And I realized when I was building this deck that it fits in. So what I do is I play a Blood Pet. Blood Pet being yep. a one one for black, you can sacrifice it to get a black. Yeah, very good. Sack and it, I, get a black mana. Yeah, and I play it with is it Enduring Renewal? Enduring Renewal, which is an enchantment for white white two. Yep. You play with your hand revealed. Which is terrible under most circumstances, especially yes. in a deck like this that has 17 targeted removal spells that yeah. you want to actively keep secret. Absolutely, Nonbo? yes. Nonbo? <laughs> yeah, well, this is only for that the three-card combo. If you have it, you have it. There's no way of finding it other than that you have three dead cards in your hand that they think are targeted removal. <laughs> right? That's, Next level. That's how I get away with it. And so when you play Enduring Removal, you reveal your hand. Every time, a, if you would draw a creature, it goes to your bin instead. Um, anytime one of your creatures dies, if it's not white, it hits the yard, goes back to your hand. If it is white, it hits the yard and comes back into play. That's irrelevant because Blood Pet's black. Yeah. So sack Blood Pet for black, it goes back to your hand, play it again, sack it for black, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. So you get unlimited storm trigger. Correct. But nothing else. Exactly. Except for? Except for things going to your graveyard for Gravestorm. Oh, no. <laughs> And you play, is it what is it bitter ordeal? Bitter ordeal. Bitter ordeal. What read, a read pile of garbage. Yeah, what here. Is, I gotta do, yeah, <laughs> read it to him, Ryan. Read it to him. Bitter ordeal is uh, source black sorcery black to search target player's library for a card and remove that card from the game. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Gravestorm. When you play this spell, copy it for each permanent put into your graveyard this turn. And I'll bet you that blood pet hit the hit the bin at least a thousand times. Uh, let's just edit note that, uh, not actually edit note it where you edit it out, but yep. edit note as in uh, for each permanent put into a graveyard this turn. So yeah. yes, so your opponents. If could, uh, you are, if you wrath the board on yep. a token player. Yeah, you could do that too. And then you cast Gravestorm, you could also probably get them. You if, if they have, like, if they're ready for Alpha Swing next turn dot game board state. Yep. Yep. You could definitely get them. But yeah, so it's just, it's a, it's a funny combo. It doesn't, it hasn't worked yet. You could use, um, like, Grape Shot only gets creatures, right? Grape Shot gets dudes too. Gra- grape Shot gets opponents? Yep. You can grape shot. Yeah, you can put grape shot you in there too. But I, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to make it a combo deck or a storm uh, deck. Yeah, it's, that's the, right. We I, talked about combo decks yeah, last week. Yeah, I dedicated three slots to a combo that I thought is just fun. Yeah. And if it happens, it happens. And it's not. You gonna, know what? There is something to say about um, the value that enduring renewal provides. Yeah, because it's you not do a bad get creatures card. back. Um, yeah. It isn't. It probably isn't unreasonable to expect that you know turn seven, eight, nine. If it does get to that point in the game that you are sitting there with a board full of weenies that yep. of course by turn seven eight nine are gonna get traded off with anything that they block because they're probably bigger than me. The, yeah, everybody is playing Emmercools by that time. Yeah. Um and enduring renewal is gonna get those back. And playing with your hand revealed is 
probably not a big thing because your hand's either on the board via creatures or you've already on unloaded your removal spells. Yeah, at that point, they realize, holy crap, Brando has a lot of target removal. Maybe I'll leave him alone. And then if they just look over and see I have an Utter End or a Mortify or a Path, like, yeah. they knew I probably had that because yeah. it's still in my hand so anyway. So en- Enduring Renewal can provide you value. And with Bitter Ordeal, the cards, what, what do we call them? Extraction cards? Yeah. Like Surgical Extraction, Jester's Mask or Jester, Cap, Bitter maybe. Ordeal. That Black um, Epic spell does it too? Yeah, Surgical Extraction type things where you search player's deck and get rid of it. Yeah. Those see fringe play. They're not as popular as they used to be, like back in 2011. Yeah, back 10, when, EDH kind of when EDH was kind of new. Uh, lots of people played those because um, bo- get- very, very bomby cards were fewer and farther between. Yeah. And everybody's decks then were kind of like EDH hipster decks are now. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't play that card because it's new and I don't play. I'm an EDH hipster. Yeah. Right. So those kinds of cards are good against EDH hipsters. Yeah. Which is just a little bit less bad than the hipsters that we saw on the river with their man buns and their dogs paddleboard. On the paddleboard. Ugh. Duh. Eating their kale granola bars. There's Scumbag. look at there's two paddleboards driving away right now. I hope that that guy's paddleboards fly out when he's going down the freeway. Me too. F yeah. those guys. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Paddleboarding is fun. Those guys are not. Uh, yep. Yeah. Anyway. So back to the deck. Yep. <laughs> Chess theme. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I want to hear more about yes. it because. So I showed it to uh, our buddy Evan, if you Evan, mm-hmm. and uh, he took a look at it and I was like, guess what the theme is? At the time, thinking everything has death touch. Every single thing has death touch. And then he came back and he was like, is there a is there a chess theme to it? And I was pardon? like, what, I says, pardon? What, are you, what are you talking about? So I, then I actually looked through the list and it's like, holy crap. There kind of is. There's a king, there's a queen. There are some bishop-like creatures. Um, there's obviously lots of knights. There are lots of creatures that are meant to be deployed to sacrificial pawns <laughs> that are meant to trade with other people's pawns or kings or knights when those things become relevant. The knights get around... Other creatures, much like chess knights, they can jump over them. Oh, yeah, they're the only ones that can go over. Yep. And I don't really have anything for the rook category, um, unless you count ghostly prison. Um, but, uh, yeah. The rook is a castle-shaped thing. The rook is a castle-shaped thing. thing. And qu- kings and queens lives in castles. There and it is. Castles have prisons. Yep. Like, that could have ghosts in them. Exactly. I bet you You most... should just play castle. Is it good? No. Oh. Don't yeah. play castle. I won't play castle. But You're supposed uh, to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good joke. Yeah, good one. But no, I'm not gonna play that. But yeah, like okay, it's just, I dig I dig it because it was just a neat little sub theme uh, and we we don't build like that. We don't build themes or sub themes no, like or every, whatever. Yeah, everybody's like sitting in a chair really or whatever. Coincidental. Yeah, like it was just a coincidental thing that I really like. And I mean I didn't have a king when um Evan suggested it, but then when I started looking, that's a cool idea. And I went Who's, looking for who is Queen Marchesa's king. Yeah, who is the king? Who did I get? Can you find him real quick? Uh, is it Duretti? No, it's not Duretti. We're going to talk about Duretti. We'll talk I love about Duretti. Duretti. In a it, would, it would be a creature, right? Yeah, it's a creature. He's uh, black. It's Soul of Innistrad? No, no, it's, it's King something. It is uh, King. King? Yeah, he's mono black. Oh, King Makar. King Makar. King Makar the Gold Cursed. Yeah, and it even, like, he is also a King. I don't, I don't think he, he doesn't have Death Touch, but he does have some sweet removal on him. He does have inspired make gold touch. Yeah. When he untaps, he uh, 
if you do put a color... What does it say here? Inspired. When King Makar the Gold Curse becomes untapped, you may exile target creature. If you do, put a colorless artifact token named Gold onto the <laughs> battlefield. It has sacrificed this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So yes. he's kind of got removal. But so he's, you give them a Lotus Petal in exchange for their creature. Their best thing. Exactly. So he's he's a really he's actually a really good creature. And Another he, one and that he I gets around Ulamog because he's got indestructible, but you're exiling. Yep. So I like that guy. Yeah, he's a super good card. And another one of those ones that you never hear about. Yeah. Nobody plays him. Yeah. Like, any 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 ways to tap him or untap him? Nope. Mm. Just attack with him. Put yeah. a sword on him. Give him protection. Get him in there. Um, I like that. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, he's a great creature though. I really like him. So, strengths of the deck. I think we've talked and beat yeah. it to death a little bit. Where yeah. it's it's a quick kind of aggro deck. It's got lots of death touchers, so people don't want to block. It's got ways to get around blockers. Um, no yeah. anthem effects. No, it doesn't. We talked about anthems last week. I want to talk about anthems yeah. again this week. Yeah. This week, real quick. This deck does not ever swing for the fences. Like I was telling you earlier before we went on the air. Like I think the biggest swing I ever really had was sixteen, which yeah. isn't a lot. Despite being a weenie aggro deck, you are kind of just. You're grinding. Yep, you're grinding their you're grinding their life down. You're but I mean swinging for sixteen, I was doing like fourteen to one guy and then six to somebody else just with other effects that were kind of going on. But I gotcha. Yeah, I've yeah. I've played against it a couple times when you start getting the swords on there. We'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Um how does it play the long game? I know we just said it's grindy, but yeah. realistically, okay, you're playing you're playing James Bryan's deck from last week. He's got like seventy eight Wrath of Gods in there. Yep. And I mean, sure, you got Enduring Renewal, and you've got some, I don't know, what, what does it do? you got Sun Titan in there that can get back virtually any creature in the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's lots of, it, I guess it's, as long as you don't over, because you look at it and you think, I'm just going to play out my hand all the time. But if you know you're going to, if I was going to play against James's deck from last week, I would run out maybe two guys. You don't want to overextend. I yeah, guess exactly. like in yeah. any other regular game of Magic, yeah. you can't overcommit to the board when your whole strategy is to get creatures and attack with creatures for the win. Right? Yeah, and you when you can't blow your load too soon, I guess. Exactly, right? and when you have an equipment package like mine, you can play two guys. I think and have those two guys just do work for you, because um, they'll work somebody over every single time you play them. Like a black a black knight and a Mirren crusader with a couple of swords on the table, they're begging for a wrath of God. Yeah. They're begging for one because you're beating them to death with these two little crappy creatures yeah. and there's nothing they can do about it. I, I think that um, it's a common kind of uh, misplay of people in Commander that do overextend on board a little bit and that yeah. is one of the reasons that makes Wraths so good. Yep. Like Wraths are good in a five-player game because if one person has, or sorry, if each player has one creature each, each of your opponents, let's say, yeah. you're getting four cards, four creatures yeah. with one dude. Exactly. Sorry, one wrath card. One card. You're playing. Um, you're trading one card for five. It's pretty good. It makes them even better when everybody overcommits and has three or four creatures on the board when they should maybe have two for yeah. how the game is developed. Yeah, because you're playing smart. You yeah. just have to play this deck smart, and you'll and it it can play sound long game magic way. fundamentals. Yep. Just be good at magic, and this deck will treat you well. Ah, easier said than done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into the, uh, I guess, the elephant in the room, okay. which is the mana base. We touched on it before. Yeah. Duels, shocks, fetches, filters, $438. Um, instead of pain lands, fast lands, refuges, or any of the Vivid other lands. comes into play tapped lands like the refuges are. Yeah. Um, 
Could that be a, are those suitable analogs for the otherwise better dual lands or shocks or filters or fitches or whatever? I'm going to, I'm going to say no, because the deck needs to have a presence right away, or you need to have your mana up to prevent your opponents from establishing a presence right away. Like you need your, your kill spell mana up all the time. You need it. Yeah. Or you need dudes. And you if need dudes at the soonest possible uh, exactly. time. And if your turn's behind on that, like it doesn't sound like, oh, well, your land's just coming into play tapped every turn. So you're always a turn behind. And then if you miss a land drop and you make Ooh. your land drop next turn, now you're two turns behind. You miss the next Because it comes turn. into play tapped. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, it's, it's so, too slow. So this deck, it seems like this deck will get you a little bit because yeah. if you don't include the mana base, you're looking at a very affordable, cheap deck. Oh, yeah, the deck costs and, virtually nothing. And for... it's it's fun to play if you like the grind and if you like making or trying to make the most optimal decisions. It's a magic player's deck, Yeah, right? If, if you like to play magic, this is a great deck but to play. But it's going to get you because oh, yeah. to play a deck like this, it's going to cost you 500 bucks to build the mana base yeah. alone. Yeah, the, the mana base is insane. I, I, I don't think there's anything really expensive other than the mana base, but well, that mana, you need the base, what, though. You need it. That's what led the, the conversation earlier to um, what if you built the deck a little bit different, skewing it towards one yeah. color over the other two? I think I lose a lot of my flavor then. And with, like I was building this for flavor, and I looked at the things like, holy, holy shit. There's <laughs> a lot of two-color things. Like, I got to be able to play Blood Pet turn one. Yeah. White, White Knight, Knight turn, turn two. two. And, and then... then uh, Phyrexian Crusader turn, turn three. three. How am I going to do that? You're not going to do that yeah. without filter lands, shock lands, dual lands. You're yeah. just not. You're not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other thing, um, there is a couple other cards that are worth money outside of the mana base, and yeah. those are the five swords, four swords, whatever you play. I play all five. And Umazawa's Jite. Yeah, yeah, and I do play Jeet. Jeet. Yeah. yeah. That's what we call it, FYI. It's Jeet. not anything other than Jeet. It's just Jeet. <laughs> that's what it is. And what we, we don't care about. if that's how you pronounce it or not. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Is that a made-up word? I don't know. It's not. It is a. It it's is an a actual real, thing. It is a real weapon, oriental type weapon. Yeah. Jeet. Jeet. Um, all of those things combined to equal more than a hundred dollars in additional expense. Could you, in a deck like this, um, switch those out for other equipments? They'd be less efficient. They would be. Let's but say you put in something like a. Fire Shrieker on... No, Fire Shrieker's no good because it gives double strike. Your guys already have first strike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that would increase your damage potential, but I it suppose. doesn't make your dude... Nothing's as much. good as the swords, but... Yeah, because the sword pumps them, and it gives them... It gives them that all-important evasion. Yeah. Like, like that's what I and then mostly value. play them for. The yeah. value that the swords are giving you... Yeah. Uh, not just in this deck, in any deck. Yeah. The value that the swords give you are, are kind of why you oh, it's so, play them. Yeah, right? it feels... When you have three swords loaded up on a guy with double strike, like Mirren Crusader, <laughs> and you swing in with that, like, it doesn't just... You talk to the guy, take 12, and they move their life counter down. Okay, now, discard a card. Discard another card. I'll kill him and him, and I'll do all the... And it, it's insane, and you... People are looking at you like, how are you even doing that? And it's like, swords. I paid $100, and now I'm wiping you out with these equipments. <laughs> yeah. And you can put them on tokens. You can put it. It turns any creature the in your board. The crux of the argument there is I paid $100. Yeah. I, right? I went out of my, I went into my pocket. I pulled out some money. I traded that money to do that to you every game. Yeah. Yeah. So swords, I guess, and, and jeet in this case. Not yeah. in all cases like sword, 
swords. Yeah, swords. But well, the jeet does come into effect. It, it, it does. It's a removable it's, spell. It's, it's a expensive spell. because of whatever format outside of Commander that it's played in. It's um, so good. So good. It's so good. Like your mana base. Yeah. If you're working on acquiring things that are always going to be good. These are things. Those are your six things. Yeah. All five swords and, and jeet. Yeah. My lands and my... My land base is all good stuff. My equipment is all good stuff. I don't think any of my equipment is. Oh, to and here's your Sun Forger. That's yeah, the other thing. Yeah, my dirt Sun bag, Forger is sun worth forger. nothing, but it, it kind of goes into the same category as all of the swords because it's giving you such sick, sick value. So Sun Forger is an equipment for three. Um, oh, my wife's just pulled up. And she didn't wash the Jeep. Rebecca. She can listen to that when she listens to this episode. She'll feel She's probably going to make me do it. Probably. Um, equipment for three. Equipped creature gets plus four, plus zero. So that's a huge thing. That's the awesome. Equip already. cost is three. So you got to spend six mana before you're getting any value off this yeah. card. But right? read the second ability. That's the key. The other ability is red, white, unattached Sunforger. Search your library for a red or, red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less and cast it without paying its mana cost. That's Sick. awesome. Now, how many of those do I play? Did you look? Uh, red or white instance it costs or, four or less uh it looks like there are seven or eight of them and it all looks of them like are amazing all of them in your deck yep and there's nine of them yep um they anguished will. unmaking crackling doom crib swap you love your crib swaps yeah i love crib swap mardu charm mortify path to exile swords to plowshares utter end and unmake so good there would be more if I had more space. I would play yep. more of them. But I didn't want to go too all in on the Sunforger. I've never actually played Sunforger in the time that I've had this deck together. Oh, really? I've never actually landed a Sunforger, hmm. which is a little strange, but whatever. It's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is quite, quite, quite a beating. So last thing I want to touch on, because I don't know the relevance of this, um, Duretti. In ingenious in iconoclast, non, eh, whatever you said. Yes, he actually is my card of the week for card this deck. Card of the week. He's my card of the week. Um, card of the week. I he I doesn't got, even. Ugh. I opened him in a dra- in a chaos draft, okay. and I was like, whatever, I'll draft him. He's probably worth money. He's a planeswalker from conspiracy. Turns out he's worth a few bucks. Um, but what he does is he makes weenies that block. And you can support your, those weenies by using your spot removal to wipe out things that are attacking you and just build up this little wall of 1-1 one, one artifact creatures. And then after he's made a whole bunch of them, all of those 1-1 one, one artifact creatures give you, for Doretti's minus ability, um, sack an artifact, kill a dude or an artifact. So he kills their swords, he kills their dudes, he kills He's everything. on theme because he lets you grind. Yeah, he grinds out games. And every single game I've played him in, he has warped the board state. No way. He warps board states. If you stick him for three turns and you just start churning out dudes, people are afraid to play big stuff because with your removal package, you can just start picking off that little crap. And once there's no big hefty beaters on the board, if you have a Duretti, nobody's going to play one because you can kill it immediately for free. No way. Because there aren't very many dudes that yeah. have pro artifacts. Duretti, who to think? Does, yeah. is, okay, so he warps the board. And he protects himself with his one ones. Yep. Does he get killed? Like, do people go after him? Like, oh yeah. But you're you're protecting him with a I wall. I kind of feel like his one one with defender is kind of innocuous because it's just like, oh, it's a 
Yeah. I get it. Lots of planeswalkers make one ones, and that's what makes them good. Yeah. Because you can use the one ones to block, but yeah. these one ones can only block. Yeah. So well, does it does it like trick you into thinking, oh, it's not a big deal because it can't attack me? Sometimes maybe. What the but, heck, but, man? Duretti. Duretti. You're, you're backing him up with all these dudes with death touch and all this spot removal and all I of this. Don't it's attack hard, me. It's hard to attack into yeah. him because it's hard to attack into this deck yeah. because so many have either protection from whatever. Yeah. Swords to give them protection from Y or Z. Exactly. And uh, all the spots. Yeah, or they have death touch where, yeah, I'll block you, but you're going to die. Marchesa makes dudes with death touch. We haven't even talked about what Marchesa does yet. Oh, let's give her a read. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. We are so terrible at podcasting. We should, oh man, it's been, oh, we suck. We're the best. Marchesa, human assassin, legendary creature. So she is black, white, red, colorless, 3 3. 3 3. Death Touch Haste. Oh, baby. Very good. When Marchesa enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. I even have the little crown. You've got the crown. Okay. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is the monarch, put a 1-1 black assassin creature token with Death Touch and Haste onto the battlefield. So what is monarch? We Mo- should have done this all at the start of the episode. We, we should suck. have. suck. What is Monarch? Monarch is when you become the Monarch, there's a little crown token that you have or an actual crown that you can wear on your head, which I also have because <laughs> I'm a try hard that way. And uh, at the beginning of your end step, if you are the Monarch, you draw a card. And then That's it- how this deck is able to grind and not run out of gas. Yep. Because you, you're not playing yep. um, Dark Confidant. Nope. Too expensive. Yep. Like 80 bucks. Yep. Whatever it is. Too many money. You're not playing... No, I don't play a lot of card advantage at all. card draw stuff in black, like Phyrexian Arena or um, the the zombie uh, Graveborn Muse. No. I like that one. He's good, That's another zombie. Yeah, he's good, yeah. Another card draw zombie. Um, Yeah, I just play... Necropotent's not playing that. I play Crypt Breaker. I play the Sword of Fire and Ice, and I play Queen Marchesa in a deck that doesn't take a lot of damage. Dang. From creatures. So you're usually the monarch, and once you lose the monarch, you, now you're attacking in with guys that they don't want to block, and you're just going to get it back anyway. So you usually get the heaviest benefit out of a monarch. Because you're the theme. monarch for the most most of the time because nobody's attacking you. Exactly, especially if you run out Marches at turn four. And like Usually you've got a little army of blockers. You've got, theoretically, you could have three other creatures by that yeah. time. Plus Marches is a death toucher. Yeah, and you've got Mar and you've got uh, Duretti then too, because he comes out on turn three. So you're gonna pop their stupid blocker and hit him with Marchesa. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, that's the thing. It's an excellent she, thing because she's got haste. Yeah, drop her and swing. Yeah, Marchesa's an we excellent. Build a Voltron deck out of her. We probably could. We definitely actually we definitely could. Yeah, she's very definitely good. Definitely could. Yep. Okay, I like it. I like her. I wish I built her because um, I'm now glad you I built got, her. Now I can't. I'm glad I got to her first. Let's do the milk list. Sure. My favorite thing. Um, Mardu milk list. The most popular cards per converted mana cost in Mardu colors. Okay. Here we do it. Let's do it. Zero drop. Yep. Mana crypt. Nope. No. Solar ring. Nope. No. Actively no, because yeah, actively, you chose yeah, not to put it in That was an active decision. Yep. Okay. Orzov signet. Yes. Yes, you are. Crackling doom. Yes. Yes. Utter end. Yes. Oh, master of cruelties. He has death touch. Ooh. I don't play him. Though. You don't play him. No. Um... He's excellent. Yeah, he's very good, yeah. Uh, where am I here? Master of Cruelties. Aurelia, the War Leader. Nope. Gisela, Blade of Gold Knight. Nope. Avacyn, Angel of Hope. Nope. Iona, Shield of Amaria. Nope. Decree of Annihilation. Nope. I like that one. Ulamog. Nope. 
Uh, I should say Oldamog. <laughs> Get that betrays? Nope. Emmercool? Nope. Plains. Most popular basic land in Mardu is Plains. Yeah, I do play those. Uh, not counting those. Yeah. Three just, milk just lists. Three. That's pretty good, yeah. 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 That's that's okay. Yeah. And I think the spice rating was pretty good too. Like my my overall score, I feel, was also fairly... Spice rating. Oh, oh hold on. Lost my page here. We got to find the spice rating. Spice rating. Good. Yes. Okay. 854 decks. Average converted mana cost, 3.13. That's pretty low. Yep. Critical turn, 5. Optimal game size, 4. Anything that's yep. bigger than 4, you're running out of reach. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's trickier to control. Can't kill that many people. Yeah, it's hard to control that. Like I said, you have 9 targeted removal. And in a creature deck that, well, technically you have 17, if yeah. you include Duretti and creatures that kill things. Yeah, I have lots um, of those. But not very many wraths because you're playing a creature deck yourself that relies yeah. on just one for oneing with creatures. Yeah, and I play one. I play that one wrath that is a utility wrath that can get enchantments or artifacts or dudes or yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Merciless, Merciless eviction. eviction. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so anything above four people in a game, you're just not gonna. Yeah, you don't. Not really... gonna contend with the the top end of those multiplayer decks. Exactly. Right? You got to really rely on somebody else being a way bigger threat than you. You could politic your way. Oh, yeah. Spice list doesn't count for Yeah, it doesn't count for me politics. being sweet at politicking yeah. the table, which I'm very good at. No tutors. No tutors. None, even though you play an infinite combo. No tutors. No. Uh, uniqueness rating, 47 cards different than what's listed on edhrec.com. That's pretty good. For a total spice rating of 64.2. Dang. That's pretty spicy. That's very high. I like that. that That's almost too high. Spicy. For, and the deck is still good. It's spicy and it's still good. Yes, because yeah. we don't want to build something that's so off the beaten path that it is terrible. Yeah, that it sucks. Yep. Nope. Uh -uh. I don't want to do that. Okay. Smitty has kind of one of those. He's trying hard. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about him you, maybe on another know, maybe, show. Maybe we'll talk about that next, not the deck next week per se, because uh, I don't know anything about it yet. Yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about the the theory behind it. We're working on a new uh, kind of arc for our next few episodes. Yep. Um, we're looking at different deck types. We're looking at aggro, control, Combo, Voltron, and alternate let's win. call it alternate wins. Yeah, yeah that's, we're looking at mail and that kind of garbage. Yeah. So how do you build those decks? What's good? What's bad? What's spicy? What's not spicy in those five different kind of archetypes? Yeah. And we're going to kind of do one of each. It's yeah. It's going to be great. I don't know who we're going to do yet. We had a yeah. listener submission or question about Samut. Yeah, we Samut? talked about we that. We talked and about we'll, that last week. And we'll do that. That'll probably be, a, that'll be our aggro deck. Or the Voltron deck. Or Voltron. I like, Maybe Spicer is a Voltron yeah, deck. Yeah, I like I'd like play Samuel. it as an aggro deck, though, just because, holy God, that's insane. Yeah, F you. Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or am I right? That's it. Anything no. else about Queen Marchesa now that we actually read her? No, I feel like that's pretty much the thing. She's not even really the crux. She's the card engine and a way of keeping my card engine alive. That's what she's there for. I like it. Um, she doesn't attract a lot of removal. She doesn't attract a lot of hate. Neither does the deck. Because people are afraid of it, which is really great. Or they aren't scared of it at all because it's got a bunch of one ones and two twos. Yeah, but, and th th so they leave me alone and get beat to death with my one ones and two twos that are now eight eights with swords on them, and it's yep. so good. Oh, it feels good. Yep. Or then, just wait until somebody swings out at somebody else. Yeah, and just, then crack back for whatever yeah. sixteen. Here's this. I'm gonna give you another reason why Doretti is sweet. I did have a game where I used Doretti's ultimate, which is clone an artifact three times, and I got three swords of fire and ice, including my original sword of fire and ice. Oh, that's so sick. And that is the best feeling in the world. And you equipped them all to one dude. I you? sure did. <laughs> of course you did. I sure did. So you're swinging in for 10. I drew four, dealt eight. Yep. 
sparsed out. Oh, it felt yep. good. It's uh, so good. That's Duretti. excellent. And Duretti being the card of the week here, I got to write him down. He's $11 exactly on TCG Player right now. So if you want a Duretti... Um, they're only going up because they're. he's probably not going to get printed again. Yeah. Because he doesn't get played in anything. Not. He's only that much money because nobody opened Conspiracy. Um, so if you're looking for a... Like Foil Marchesa's being $7 trillion. Oh, should I tell that story real fast? Sure. I'm going to tell it really quick. I was looking for a Foil Marchesa because I like to play Foil Generals. I went to a store in Edmonton that had a heavily played one that I swear to you looked like it was stuck to a piece of gum on the bottom of the guy's shoe, and then he was walking through an alley. It was that beat up, and it was $48. $48 for the worst condition foil I've ever seen in my life. In my life. That's and bad. I have some bad foils in my collection. Oh, oh I was choked. Yeah, that's so now I'm playing a pleb non-foil Marchesa. Oh, she looks really bad in foil, so. It's kind of just dark, and then yeah. her face would be reflective. Or yeah, whatever. if you look at the art, she's super dark, and it kind of eh. makes it harder to read. Anyway, so that's our show for this week, I guess. Next week, we're going to come back. We're going to start our new arc, probably with an aggro deck. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about why you shouldn't build commanders with low lists just for spices sake because it's really hard to do yeah there's a reason that they don't have any builds because they're bad exactly and then we're gonna get on that and all sorts of other topics on the next commander cookout podcast hit our theme song Woo!